Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Hey, welcome back. This is episode seven of Thought Revolution. And today we're going to be focusing on a distinction. It's one of my favorite distinctions. I like to call it out for folks. um, And I call it on the field leadership. And it really gives you an opportunity to think about how you're being in action and whether or not you're being an on the field leader or in the stands. So I'm going to talk about that today. Um, And I usually, when I have this conversation with a large group of leaders, I usually start by asking them the simple question. And the question I ask them is, You know, when you think about great leaders, and so this is my question for you, when you think about great leaders, whether they were in the world, in history, or even just great leaders that you've experienced in your life, whether that was through church um, or whether that was at work, whatever that is, when you think about great leaders, um, what traits made them great? And I usually have a few flip charts and all of a sudden start writing and you hear all of these things brought out because people have this diversity of experience. They'll say things like, um, you know, the leaders had charisma. Uh, They were collaborative. Um, They had emotional intelligence. They were accountable. Um, They were brilliant. Uh, They were a great listener. They were diplomatic. They built camaraderie. They had fantastic vision. They knew the job, um, whatever it is, right? This mix of relational or technical. And when I'm done, you know, I've got this enormous, wonderful canvas of traits. And then the question that follows is pretty simple as well. It's so then what makes a leader great? And folks are just kind of puzzled. I mean, is it the number of traits? Is it the right combination of these traits? Is it that some are more practiced at these traits than others? Is it having the right trait with the right group at the right time? Because all of these things are, are like awesome attributes for any person. And you put them together and like, yeah, of course. And here's where I go with this because here's at least what I've been experiencing is that the field of leadership isn't super definitive on this question, right? Like even as of today, if you go to Amazon, they have well over 100,000 books on the field of leadership. So I think like the field of discipline, the field of leadership in this discipline in and of itself is just kind of puzzled at the moment. So something I found helpful is creating this distinction and it's um, a way of thinking about leadership, right? And I call it on the field or in the stands. So think about this, when you go to like a game, what kind of conversations are happening in the stands, right? Versus the field. So in the stands, people are talking about the game. They're talking uh, about what just happened. They're critical of what just happened, right? They're excited about just what happened. Um, They're having side conversations, not paying attention to just what happened. Like that's what's happening in the stands, right? And it's always about what's actually happening, right? And then you think about the kind of conversations that happen on the field. And these are conversations about what's about to happen next. Um, or trying to pick each other up, right? And letting people know that, you know, that was my fault or my bad, or next time let's just do this. So they're actively planning and the outcome of those conversations actually impact the outcome of what happens next, right? And so these kind of conversations are totally different. So if we take this distinction and apply it to leadership, we begin to see something about our approach to leadership 
that I think has kept us confused. If you take a look at most leadership books, in fact, I would gather almost all leadership books and trainings, they have this similar approach in that they talk about leadership, right? Go ahead and find a book right now and just look at it. They teach leadership the way that maybe we would approach other disciplines like, I don't know, like biology or chemistry. Think about what maybe you learned, you know, in um, high school or college. Disciplines like that, like biology, it's totally taught in third person, right? Like we analyze and dissect concepts um, and it's totally appropriate to talk about the cells and understand the, like what happens in the process of, you know, osmosis and um, liquid going in and out and permeating a cell. I'm just barely reaching on my old, um, my old memory, right? Um, and that makes sense. Cause if I asked you like where a cell is in this room, like we could find one, quite frankly, we could view it under a microscope. And so I think that's really appropriate third person for that discipline. But if I asked you like, where is leadership in this room right now? Like you couldn't point to it. So leadership is, is a little different than some of the other disciplines because it is an as lived experience, right? So it requires a new approach to learning. Um, and I think one that is first person that is based on being and living as opposed to learning about. And I'm sure you would get this, right? Like you would never, like my daughter is seven, my son is three and a half. I would never teach my son how to ride a bike by going and teaching him through videos and lectures and, you know, online master classes or anything like that, right? Like it just wouldn't work. Um, and it wouldn't work to maybe like put him on a bike once a week or once a month. Like it has to be every day. It's as lived because there's something about riding a bike that you cannot describe. And that thing that is lived is balance, right? Like as soon as he gets balance, it's his. Like he might suck at riding a bike still. He might suck at balance, but once he has it, then he gets to master it and grow and, and use balance to do other things. But go ahead and try to describe balance. Like I just dare you to spend a minute and try to describe it to somebody else. Like they might intellectually get it because they can walk today, but you have to do it. You have to live it to be able to get it. It's one of those things that is lived. And the same is true for leadership. You can't talk about being courageous or being charismatic um, or being collaborative. Like you can't talk about it. You have to live that experience. It's totally different. And you know, I think this is pretty important because leadership when it's viewed from third person, right? Like the way that we learn about something, by the way, this is in the stands. Thinking about leadership, learning about behaviors, learning about leadership competencies, that's in the stands, talking about it, right? And I think that that's a good, like it's been useful for um, the field of performance because it offers familiar reasons to what makes us great. The problem is some of these work some of the time and I'm in the game of trying to create consistent and sustainable results. So it has to be reliable. So my experience has been that leadership seen from an on the field lens or first person experience would offer that the root or the source of leadership is something totally different. And I think that's really important to explore. I firmly believe that extraordinary leaders are developed in the process of creating extraordinary results. And I think sometimes people freak out when they hear that, right? Like what's up with extraordinary? But I just believe that leaders are ordinary people. And in order to create the extraordinary leader, they can't 
It can't happen any other way than them creating an extraordinary result, a result that they wouldn't have been able to create in any other circumstance. This is not behavior-based. This is not learning about competences and being competency-based, um, but this is about declaring a future that you want and then defining who you need to be that may be different than who you are today. And I want you to consider that all true leaders are heroes. They're ordinary people committed to something bigger than themselves. You know, and that's what I think is important. I think leadership begins with this commitment. It doesn't end there by any means. Otherwise, my job would be all about mindsets, right? And that's just not what I do. But I know that it's a foundation. So leadership begins with commitment, being committed in a way that shapes your being and action so that they're in service of realizing just something beyond like your own personal concern for yourself. Um, you know, and, and as like these commitments are acted on these commitments, they create something which others can also be committed and have a sense that their lives are about something bigger than themselves. And I think that's, what's exciting about it. And when you think about that, that's where inspiration really has a different, um, has, it plays a different role in what we do. We're not convincing people. We're inspired by something and it touches, moves and inspires others such in a way that they're inspired by it too. And it's like, it's without this passion that comes from being committed to something bigger than yourself that, you know, it makes things unlikely to persevere when things get difficult. Um, when those times show up, when nothing's really going right, um, there's just no way to move forward. There's no help available and you're feeling isolated and burned out. There's, there's nothing there except what you can do to find something in yourself, that strength to persevere in the face of impossible odds. And most of you leaders out there um, who've been at this know what I'm talking about. And if you are not a leader, you may know what I'm talking about, but I know that most leaders I've been in contact with know what I'm talking about. And leadership defined from this lens is creating a new future, one that is compelling to others. So leadership is not about what we know or what traits we possess, but more about how you see the world and the future and, and, and the access that it can give you to create and act. That's really what, what uh, is at the root of what makes leadership, in my opinion. Because you see, it's the future that you're living into that gives you who you are right now. And so if you haven't examined what future you're living into, then what you get is this default future that's running the show, right? So I talked about this in my last episode um, that you really want to start from a place of intention and outcome and let that drive you. And when you're not, then you get driven by something very different and you're still living into a future. It just might not be by design, right? And what I'm talking about here, when I talk about this kind of leadership, you know, this isn't rah, rah, and this isn't too foofy or anything. It's just, it's just kind of like how I see things because I really do believe that leadership has more to do with how we see the current situation um, and say something about it, right? So oftentimes I'll hold up my hand and I'll hold up my index finger, you know, my pointing finger, if you will, and I'll hold it in the air and I'll, I'll hold it pointing straight up in the air and I'll ask people what, you know, body part am I holding up? And they'll say, it's a finger, right? Well, first they won't answer because they think I'm tricking them. And then they'll say, it's a finger. And then I'll say, what number is it? And they'll notice that I'm holding up the number one. And then I'll ask them, what direction am I pointing? And then they'll say up, right? And so in that example, what I try to call out is that the circumstance or the content of the situation never changed at all, 
right? It's the context that changed, what we said about it. Because no matter what, whether it was a finger, a direction, or a number, my hand with that, that digit was just flung in the air, but that didn't change. How we talked about or thought about it changed. And the, when the context changes, then how we decide to approach the situation changes. How I approach a number or direction or body part will be totally different, right? And this isn't about like bringing positivity to leadership either. Like I'm not saying that, you know. Um, positivity, in my opinion, is saying that things are good when they're actually shitty. Explicit, right? But, um, but this is about context. It's totally about choosing how you define what is happening right now and what is possible or the future that you're committed to and being clear about that and who then you need to be. And I think that's important um, because I've approached different things from different perspectives. I know I worked with one leader. He was a nonprofit leader and he was writing a grant. He's like, oh, I got to get this grant done. It was just something he needed to get through as opposed to an exciting an exciting opportunity to be creative, right? And open up opportunity. And of course, logically he knew like, yes, there's a funding opportunity, but that's not how he saw it. And so the context changed, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about when you're engaged in something and you just get lost in time, the context changed for you. So how does this connect to team performance? Cause that's really where I live. I'm working with teams a lot. And here's what I found. Most leaders may go as far as declaring a new result they'd like to see, right? Like they've set a goal, but they rarely examine the part of the reason the current situation is the way it is and has to do with um, who they actually are and who they're being. Who they have been or who they are being as a leader has as much to do with the outcome they're trying to achieve. So I'll give you an example. I was working with a leader and they kept trying to get their team to improve their performance and they tried all sorts of ways. They came up with all sorts of messaging. They would show up more at the workplace. They tried to be more, um, um, hold people more accountable and who they were being when we took a close look at it was persistent and tenacious. You know, um, they were being results driven and data driven. Awesome. Like who wouldn't want a leader that's doing that? What the team needed was someone who was going to be inspirational a little bit different right because when that person is is creating inspiration it's lifting other folks the team didn't need someone to push them harder they need someone and they needed a future to elevate towards which was totally different so it goes without saying then that it's not enough to declare a change or any future leaders have to declare who they need to be to match that future right so if maybe you've got a future where you are results driven, like that's what you want, like you want to be able to achieve better performance. And so you have to begin tracking your data and who you are, um, you know, is not results driven. Who you are is definitely more collaborative, which I don't think, you know, excludes being results driven, but maybe you're just more collaborative and relationship driven as opposed to results driven. Then you need to figure out how to become results driven, right? And what that looks like. And it might be counter to who you are. If you have big ambitions and your actions, then your actions have to match it, right? Like that's just the deal. Like you got to put in the work and I don't mean the work like in the process, like the work on yourself. So, I mean, it, it really means that your way of being needs to match like the actions and your actions need to match the ambition. And I think we kind of leave that part out. We just set a new course and think that we can be who we were and it doesn't work that way.
So you may need to consider being inspiring or tenacious, or maybe you need to consider being unstoppable, or maybe you need to consider being patient. Um, I don't really know, but whatever it is to get you to the next level. And that's why leadership is so difficult. It's like being a parent. You're constantly shifting who you are based on in the relationship with who you're raising, right? And you have different expectations for that young person. And that's hard um, if that's not who you've been up to now. I mean, that's just a hard deal, but that's the game. So I don't think that leadership is really about knowing this or doing that. Um, I think it's more about the future you're committed to fulfilling that probably wouldn't happen anyways. Um, so it requires that you move in that direction and it's compelling to other people and gives them a reason to be compelled into realizing you know, that future too. I think about, you know, I wasn't alive yet, but I think about watching um, some of the speeches that Martin Luther King gave and especially, um, you know, the famous speech where he talked about having a dream and, um, you know, there have been different folks who said, you know, he didn't have the, I had a plan speech. But what's fascinating about the vision that he put out is it didn't require the people that were present that day or the people who've come afterwards to have the same vision. What he did was give people an opportunity to create their own uh, you know, what does freedom ring mean to me? You know, what does the dream mean to me? And that's what inspiration looks like. That's what a different kind of future, that's, that's what commitment looks like. Um, it gives others an opportunity to be compelled to and create the future for themselves. Okay, so what possibility are you committed to creating in this world? Um, and who are you committed to being? I think more leadership development experiences and um, more leadership development um, programs really need to revolve around these two questions as opposed to trying to learn how to adopt the five behaviors of such and such because it's just not how we work. Um, I can practice courage or I can work towards the possibility I think I'm committed to and in the process of creating a new result I'm going to have the opportunity to be courageous. Very different. So what do you think? I'm super curious. I'm on a mission to find on the field leaders and I want to find leaders that are on the field and I want to put more leaders on the field instead of being in the stands and and that's just uh, where I'm at today. So that's your dose of thought revolution for today. Um, I know that you guys wake up every single day with the mission to make a difference and to matter in the world and my goal for you is that you spend less time making it work and more time making a difference. I'm Chris Nebro. Don't forget to like, comment, or leave a question for me. And please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. I'll see you guys next time.